Hey, this is Matt from the One More Go Show at OneMoreGoShow.com. You're listening to Little Geek Lost, coming up next on your radio dial. Don't touch that iPod. <laughs> I don't know if this is the worst intro. Ting! Little Geek Lost. So it's Cyanide again from Little Geek Lost, and I've got another geeky podcaster on, so say hello. Uh, hello, everybody. This is Jeremy <laughs> from Geekish Cast. Um, it's kind of weird that like I kind of jump around. Sometimes I have podcasters on, sometimes it's just other general geeks, but it's always nice to talk to another podcaster to kind of like appreciate what we go through <laughs> in the podcasting world. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about was a little bit the history of your podcast and how you kind of got started with it. Oh, sure. Um, mine is actually quite simple. My wife and her sister are both, um, and they're writers. They have full-time jobs, but they also write and sell books on Amazon, blah, blah, blah. They decided to start their own podcast, oh, middle of last year, and kind of toyed with it for a while. And then at the end of the year, a little movie called Star Wars The Force Awakens, <laughs> a little independent film came out. And I saw it, and I didn't shut up about it for about two weeks. And my wife's like, you know, we own a microphone. Why don't you record this and talk to somebody <laughs> else about it? So that was the birth of uh, Geekish Cast. Nice. So we kind of started out with Star Wars. Did you have, like, intentions to, like, branch off? Or did you kind of, like, knew where you were going with it? Or you are just kind well, of like, yeah, I'll just do a podcast and see where it goes? <laughs> I, You know um, how some kids grow up and they're into football or baseball? That was me with sci-fi and superheroes. Um, I am from George Lucas's hometown. Oh, nice. So when I was four, that Star Wars came out, and we're in his hometown, and I took to Star Wars immediately. Um, but up until that point, I had been a little Star Trek nerd as a little kid as well. <laughs> my third birthday, my mom baked me a cake shaped like the Enterprise, I had a bunch of the Mego toys were my presents in the, the walkie talkies from Star Trek, the whole bit. So, I mean, it's something I was born to. Um, but yeah, kind of going into it, that's why I was playing with different names and, you know, I wanted something that would cover superheroes, movies, TV, and, you know, comics, the whole, the whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just sort of wanted a little, I guess like that's the whole thing with the geekish, right? Cause it's kind of like a little bit of. Of everything. <laughs> yep. Geekish this and, you know, it can be, well, I've also had local, well, like you, I've had local musicians on because I get geeky about music. <laughs> um, and then you being from the Great White North there, my wife and I also, our Friday night show is we do a commentary for each and every episode of Corner Gas. Yeah, actually, I wanted to, to talk about that, the, the whole Corner Gas thing. I was following that on the site. I'm like, this seems kind of... Not necessarily weird or odd, but it's just kind of like unusual, you know. How, how did a couple? Of, yeah, <laughs> how did a couple in Central California get hooked on corner gas? Yeah, exactly. Um, it was back <clears throat> back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. WGN signed a contract with CTV to carry corner gas. Okay. Um, and they had it for a year or two, and we just got look. Corner Gas is a great show. Yeah, it is. It's one of the better like Canadian shows. Some of them are oh, just yeah. really awful, but there's been a few, like a handful that are really good. Yeah, I I I think it has some of the best writing. It's very reminiscent of a show from the '90s called uh, Northern Exposure. Yes, 
um, which I like that kind of fish out of water thing. And then my wife and I had um, kind of a really dark period in our lives at about the same time. And Corner Gas was a place we could go to. And nobody was going to die. Nobody yeah. was going to have a drug problem. And it's as my wife called it in an article she wrote once. It's my happy place. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a nice like us. you know happy show. <laughs> yep, and it's just stayed with us ever since. <laughs> so, what is it that you like about Corner Gas? Like, what kind of sticks out to you that you really like about the show? I like <laughs> the. I have yet to find another show that I can think of where the English language is used as a source of humor as often <laughs> as Corner Gas. Um, you know, the use of definite article. I mean, they have three running minutes in the third episode about indefinite and definite articles used in conjunction with the word tax man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just things like that. You know, it uses comedy in a way that, you know, you might hear like a group of old men that hang out at a coffee shop or a diner every morning that spend a lot of time speaking with each other. That's the kind of humor you get out of Corner Gas. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. You know, you're just listening to conversations, like you said, in a diner and. That's kind of what you'd get out of it was would be what was going on in an episode. Yeah, exactly. So for us, it's just it came along at a point in our lives where we needed needed something happy and it delivered, and we've been with it, you know, stuck with it ever since. Kind of like a Star Trek junkie in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit lighter than Star Trek, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, <laughs> you kind of just need those shows once in a while. I mean, we get sort of inundated with all these Walking Dead and, you know, Game of Thrones and all these, like, they're really good shows but once but, in a while, you, like you said, you just need to go to, like, a nice little happy place you know no one's going to die, there's not going to be some horrible big traumatic event on it, it's just half an hour of enjoying life and laughing. Exactly, <laughs> and that's that's exactly what we use it for. Um, but I do want to bring up another Canadian show, or at least I think it was only in Canada, but Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Yes, and I believe that was just Canadian, but I found it on Netflix. And, you know, yeah, I'm a guy, and dick and fart jokes still make me laugh, so that show <laughs> delivered, too. <laughs> That's a great one. I think, like, yeah. another one that kind of got huge in the States, too, is Trailer Park Boys. It did um, on, like, cable channels that ran it. I know a lot of people that really like Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, I remember, like, when it first started here, it was, like, a big deal here, and then, like, a few years after... I think, like, the one season had ended and it hadn't been on for a few years. It kind of got big in the States. And then now they, like, brought it back, like, just on Netflix. I don't know yeah. if it's on the American Netflix, too, or not. Where it's, like, the last, like, the ninth and tenth season specifically on just on Netflix now. But it's getting big again after their movies, I guess. And Yeah, and I'll, I'll have to take another look. There's a friend of mine. He's um, He and his wife met in Scotland when they taught English over there. Uh, I'm sorry, met in Japan. She's from Scotland. He's from here in California. And he comes back, and he's always trying to turn us on to... And we watch a lot of BBC and other stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's always trying to turn us on to, like, Scottish comedians like Frankie Boyle. Yeah. And, and, like, Frankie Boyle is funny, but I think you actually have to be Scottish to really enjoy him. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff that's really inside baseball, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some comedians like that where, like, if you're not from there, you don't quite get yeah. what's going on. I think, and like... For- yeah, I was going to say, sometimes, like, with Canadian humor, it's like that. Yeah, and I think that's what Trailer Park Boys, that's kind of how that one caught me. I'm like, there's a lot going on here that I think is just walking right past me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't even, like, watched the last couple of seasons. When when it was first on, I was really into it. And then mm-hmm. it kind of, like, they had their movies, and they were kind of 
a lot different than the series. Like, the series is always kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, them doing drugs and going to jail and stuff, but it always was kind of lighter. Mm-hmm. And the movies were kind of a little, especially the second one, were a lot darker. In the second one, they planned, like, a whole, like, actual bank robbery and everything. And that's just kind of beyond the scope of the show. So I think I kind of, like, lost interest then, and I haven't even watched the last couple seasons. It almost feels like they're dragging it out just for popularity. Oh, sure. And not for the actual show. But the first few seasons are, like, really out there and funny. And I know, it's just a lot of Canadian humor, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, there is, you know, we've, you know, at this point, we've been watching Corner Gas, you know, the same six seasons in a movie for eight years, so... There's a lot of things that we've picked up on culturally about Canada from that show. You know, poutine is something we don't have here in the States. Very, if, if you do have it, it's a place that specifically went. I went to Canada once and loved poutine and brought it back here. You know, <laughs> Poutine uh, is amazing. Well, you know what I just had the other day was uh, they called it a Reuben poutine, and it was fries, Thousand Island dressing, pastrami, and um, mozzarella cheese curds. And wow, was that good. Wow. There's actually um, a place here in the mall called New York Fries, even mm-hmm. though I think it's, I don't know if it's an American place or not. I think it's, we have these Canadian restaurants named American things. It's bizarre, like Boston Pizza that we only have in Canada. <laughs> it's oh, sure. like messed yeah. up. But they have all different kinds of poutine. And it, like it started off with regular ones. And then you could also get like chilies, like fries or like Supreme Fries that had like chili and sour cream and cheese on them. But now they branched into all these other kinds of poutine fries. So you can get like butter chicken poutine, which is actually like butter chicken. Indian dish, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's butter chicken, like the chicken and the sauce and everything on top of cheese curds on top of fries. And like. I bet that'd be pretty good. They had, um, I think, a pulled pork one too. Oh, wow. They're really good. But it's just kind of funny where they just take like all these other dishes and then just chuck them on top of cheese curds (laughs) and fries. There's actually one place in town. It was only open for like a little bit, a local place called Poutine Planet, and that's all they served was different kinds of poutine. Yeah. See, my wife and I are talking about where to go on vacation. I think uh, somewhere in BC is going to be high on the list this time, and so I'll get to go out and try some more poutine, I think. BC is really nice, especially like as far as like other places in Canada. I mean, you don't really want to go to like Alberta or Manitoba. <laughs> They're mm. like right in the middle. The coast is really nice. Yeah, that's well, that's kind of the thing is that like uh, the company I work for, their corporate headquarters is in uh, Seattle. Oh, yeah. So it's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah, know, it's right there. there. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the ones we're kicking that or New Orleans around at this point. New Orleans would be nice too. I'd like to go there. It's a, yeah, Louisiana's a bit crazy. I don't know if you've ever been to the American South, but. Um, no. The furthest can... south we've been is Vegas. Actually, no, we've been to Anaheim. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, you can't even call those south. No. Yeah, those are western. You got to get into, like, Arkansas and Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. You know, towns, towns called, like, Cousin Lick, Alabama. And yeah. Stuff. You hear the little banjo in the background. <laughs> there's, been, there's been some, I don't know how much American news you guys get, but there's been some talk. Yeah, there's been some talk about, like, parts of the South seceding again, and I'd actually like to donate money to that cause. <laughs> we hear a lot about Texas doing it. And how, like, yeah. Texas would be able to because they're, like, almost like their own standalone mini-country. Well, that is such a myth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is one of the bigger, biggest states that takes from the federal government on a regular basis. If they <laughs> if they seceded, they'd be broken a year. Yeah. Well, that's like up here, Quebec always talks about, oh, we're going to leave Canada. It's like, yeah, 
So you're going to leave and, like, come up with your own currency and everything else. Mm. And then you just kind of, like, screw all the maritime provinces that are on the other side of you. Oh, yeah. And then what? You're going to, what, have trade deals on your own with the rest of Canada and the United States and everybody else? Yeah, exactly. And does Quebec have its own ports or would it have to come through Canadian ports first? Um, I think there's a little bit through the St. Lawrence Seaway. And, like, when you go up north... And up, like, up around Newfoundland. So there is some Down through Hudson Bay, maybe a little bit. But not, like, not enough for really, like, a lot of importing. be like Nevada trying to go independent. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're ridiculous. But it's funny, though. They get, like, excluded from almost everything. So, like, anytime there's, like, lotteries or contests, it's always, like, excluding Quebec. Kind of like how you guys exclude uh, Alaska and Hawaii. Yeah. Well, just because we can't get to them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's how we treat Quebec. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're like, you want to leave? You get excluded. (laughs) I I am a little bit interested in going to Quebec, but only because... um, I'm a, my family background is a little bit different than a lot of other American backgrounds. We're actually French, French Americans who became American by way of Louisiana purchase. Okay. And so we actually started, started off in three rivers, Quebec, and then came south while it was still part of France. Oh, wow. And so, you know, my ancestors were French speaking Catholics who woke up one day Americans after the (laughs) Louisiana purchase. There is like parts of quebec like quebec city and stuff that's got like a lot of old culture in it that would be really nice to go see Mm -hmm. there's like certain parts in there but i don't know if you'd want to go through the rest of it (laughs) i i understand that you get all the snootiness of france but Mm -hmm. none of the politeness of canada when you go to quebec pretty much it doesn't yeah that doesn't seem like a great trade to me no and they like they actually like get offended if you don't speak french to them it's like sorry but it's not like an official language in your province yeah, I, I would rather, if I'm going to deal with that, I'll just go to France. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've only been, because where I live in Thunder Bay, we're about seven hours north of Minneapolis drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we're half hour away from the border. So most of, like, our experience with Americans is Minnesotans, which is almost oh. like Canadians anyways. Yeah, they're very, um, I love the accent, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We saw that, we saw that moose the other day there. We ran into a few. It actually was seemed more because we go to Duluth a lot, which is three hours away, and they share a bridge with Superior, Wisconsin. So it's like you know you go into the one state or whatever. And we had friends in both, and like the ones in Wisconsin actually had stronger accents than the ones in Minnesota. It was very strange. Yeah, and it was funny too because like back when my husband smoked, and in Minnesota, you couldn't smoke in bars, but in Wisconsin, you could. So we just like drive over the bridge just to go to Superior, border. yeah, <laughs> go to the bar there, and then like drive back to our hotel on the other side of the bridge. That's funny. They do it a lot. The people that live there back and forth. It's almost well, it's almost like t- Twin Cities, but in states. <laughs> like, yeah, across well, state you know, lines. Yeah, it's easy for us to cross the state line. Well, it's easy for you guys to cross provincial yeah. lines too. But yeah, it's you know I know people that live in one state but grocery shop in another, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always funny when you see that. Better than that, we've been, well, the Chicago airport, but that doesn't really count. <laughs> uh, we've been to Vegas twice, and then we went to Anaheim for BlizzCon three years ago. Oh, nice. For the World Anaheim, of Warcraft. Uh, yeah, as long as it's not too hot, Anaheim's nice. It wasn't bad. It was in November, so. Yeah, so that's that. you're usually pretty okay. See, what, yeah. where we're at, we're actually in the, we're like dead center in the state of California. 
and the summers here get scorchingly hot. Oh, I can imagine. Um, like it's you know I've seen 114 before. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. But what happened? My wife and I we actually moved to the Monterey Bay, um, which I don't know how familiar you are with California, but a little bit. <clears throat> okay, so do you know the movie The Lost Boys? Yeah. Okay, Lost Boys is in Santa Cruz, which is on the other side of the Horn from Monterey. So okay. that's the Monterey Bay area. And we lived there for 10 years. Well, it's usually 68 degrees there year-round. Oh, nice. And then we moved back here, um, and we're just like, I, what the, I can't <laughs> deal with this heat. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's pretty, that'd be pretty crazy. Like, here, it's about, well, I think the highest like we've ever gotten is maybe like 30 degrees Celsius, so. Mm-hmm. That's not very warm, like compared I was gonna to say, there. So what? What is that? Like six, sixty something degrees? Um. Well. No, that'd be 20, eighty something. Twenty two yeah. is twenty two Celsius is seventy two Fahrenheit. So we're probably not even breaking a hundred. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's yeah. I guess it'd be high nineties. I have trouble with Celsius. I wish yeah. we just switched the metric system. Make things like this so much easier. Well, and it's so funny. Like the I guess the imperial system because like the metric system actually makes sense because there's like mm-hmm. it's all by like ten, so like you know hundreds and thousands and whatever, right? But it's like the imperial system to me just seems so arbitrary. Like we're oh, yeah. just like yeah. made up things where it's like twelve inches in a foot. But, like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> the the way I heard it, and God knows how true this was, but it was. One of the English kings, an inch was the length from his first thumb knuckle to the tip of his thumb. Yeah, like... and then yeah, and then twelve of those made a foot or whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, why are there all these twelves? Did people used to have six fingers? Yeah, whereas here, you know, it's like, you know, ten centimeter. Well, a hundred centimeters is like, I don't think that. No, a thousand centimeters is a meter, and then like a thousand meters is a kilometer, and you know, same with like liters. Mm-hmm. You know, a thousand milliliters is a liter. <laughs> like, it's kind of based off of that way, where it's like, good luck trying to figure out anything in the imperial system. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, but, you know, I have noticed that older people in Canada, when I say older, I just mean like maybe over 35 or 40, they'll do like liters and some other things, but then they'll still talk pounds. Yeah. Well, that's how, like, we're kind of like that too. We know. Like, I have no idea how much I weigh in kilograms, but I know how much I weigh in pounds. Yeah. And then same with, like, height. I think I'm, like, you know, I'd be guessing, like, 1.8 meters or something, but I know I'm six feet. So, it's, like, it's a little bit of this and that. (laughs) depending. Like, if you're in school, you know, they teach you the metric system, but, like, when you're out in the real world, most people go by height. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, that person's this many meters tall or this many, you know, kilograms in weight. Like, nobody knows what that is. Yeah. Did you ever see the system that the French tried to do after their first revolution where they went to the metric year? No. Oh, it was a 10-day week. Each <laughs> day of the year had its, oh, it was so ostentatiously <laughs> French. It was, I mean, it was a 10-hour day, I believe. So it was like, by the time you were done, you had to work for nine days before you got a day off. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just like, I am so glad you guys reverted on that. That's ridiculous. If that had caught on, that would have been terrible. Yeah. That's just like, seems really messed up yeah. i would like really throw things for a loop good old arbitrary stuff that's how oh, i yeah, feel it's... about like duty at the border like when we go to the states we have to pay duty when we come back oh sure but no one will ever tell you what it is it's supposed to be like a certain percentage of tax but only on stuff that you can get in canada so like if you could get the same thing in canada you pay duty on it because you should be buying it in canada right but when you ask the government like what's the formula or like what things no one will tell you it's just like it's so arbitrary sometimes like you'll pay duty and then sometimes you won't 
It's like just whatever they feel that day is what it feels like. It's ridiculous. That's kind of funny. You know, a buddy of mine used to be in a punk band, and they had a date somewhere. I don't, I don't know where they tried to cross the border, but the the border guard at Canada basically told them, guys, we got Canadian bands that need work, so why don't you go back home? Yeah, nice. <laughs> well, it's just you know, I was like, well, that's a little bit dicky, but. I understand it, you know, because Canada at the time, I don't think was doing real great financially. And yeah, you know, I'd rather see when it comes to your own country, you'd rather see somebody that lives there making money and spending it there than somebody coming up, taking money and leaving. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny too. Cause like with importing stuff or whatever, like, like I said, a lot of us will go to, well, Grand Marais is like a small town. It's about 45 minutes. So about 15 minutes across the border. A lot of people go there cause it's like the closest little American town usually go there for dinner or you know like shopping a little bit or whatever and they have this really great pizza place there that actually like makes i don't know it's like weird like the crust is different and they have like this really thick like weird american like i guess probably wisconsin cheese on it and stuff okay and it's just like this really like it's really heavy pizza but it's really good and so a lot of people will go there and pick it up and bring it back and like sometimes you'll get nailed and be like you can't bring it back you're not allowed to import like meats into Canada <laughs> and they'll like confiscate it at the border but then other times they'll just they'll see the pizza box in the back seat and be like yep go ahead and not even look in it i'm like it could be filled with cocaine you don't even want to make sure there's actual pizza in there and then some <laughs> like we've had friends where they get their whole pizza confiscated like it's just whatever they feel that day well i imagine you know anytime you cross a border into a different country if that guy's having a bad day <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Your, your luggage is getting tossed, probably, you know? Well, it was funny when we used to have a Pontiac Grand Am, and it was like a Grand Am GT with, like, super-tinted windows on it. We'd always get pulled over. Like, every single time we go in, they make us come inside. And, like, with it with it being the road crossing here, a lot of the times, like, before there was passports, they would just kind of take your driver's license. Now they just take your passport, ask mm-hmm. you where you're going, how long are you going to be there. Okay, you know, kind of, like, let you go through. But then every once in a while, they'll make you come inside and kind of just ask you more questions. And every single time we went across in our red Pontiac with the super tinted windows, they'd always make us come inside. But the second we switched to Jeep, yep, no problem. Go on through. It was like, you know, they just pick on certain vehicles or certain types or the look of you, you know. Oh, um, you know, I bought a a Dodge Charger. I had a black one. I bought a red one last August and had the windows tinted and everything. And the guy's like, how dark do you want to go up front? And I'm like... Not very. I don't want to get pulled over every time I leave the house. Yeah. But the first week I drove that car, I realized as soon as you drive a fast red car, everybody assumes you're a dick no matter what. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was crazy. And, like, I'd be going across the border by myself. And I'm like, I'm, like, at the border, that's thing. Like, a lot of people, we get, we'll get stuff mailed to the, like, there's a little gas station, like, literally on the other side of the border. Oh, sure. Maybe, like, you know. 20 feet on the other side of the board kind of thing and we get stuff mailed there because it's cheaper and where we live it's just easier you know you take a little ride for half an hour to the border pick up your mail it's cheaper than getting it shipped to canada and then like you know there's a gas station and snacks and whatever and like i'll go to pick up something and like literally i'm like i'm going right there i'll be gone like five minutes you know i'm like in the states five minutes and you get sit there and get grilled for everything and yeah, they they can see you the whole time You're yeah like... and like you can watch me go to the building get my package and come back like i'm not going far i could walk there i could park my car at the border and walk there and i have to wonder is there is there a huge problem of contraband crossing the american canadian border um sometimes there is um i know like there's been quite a few big busts at our border okay. um 
there's just like weird stuff like there was some high school teacher that got busted for bringing in all these like replica firearms like airsoft ones <laughs> i don't even know what it was for but he like had like a whole pile of them and then actually once when we were there there was like this little old man trying to bring like eight jugs of moonshine across the border <laughs> That's funny. Just in like these, you know, unlabeled glass jugs. And they're like, no, you can't bring like unlabeled, <laughs> you know, your own bottled alcohol back into Canada. That's, That's not how funny. it works. Yeah. We got Molson's up here. You don't need your own. Send yeah. that back. Yeah. But it's oh. funny. Uh, a friend of ours, like he went, you know, across the States and he was a smoker and, you know, got his cigarettes and everything. And I guess the one place had this promotion where they're giving like, little the little pucks of chew or whatever away for free if you bought like a carton or something like that so he's like yeah whatever and he chucked it in like the pocket of his car door forgot about it and when you come back you have to declare all your alcohol and tobacco so he's like yeah you know i got a carton and like this other pack of cigarettes or whatever and they pulled him in you know aside and like look through his car because they do that every so often and they found right. it and they're like oh you didn't claim this so then they labeled him a tobacco smuggler so then oh, now, yeah. when he goes to this, over to the States, he has to tell them, yeah, I'm a known tobacco smuggler because of that. That is ridiculous. Yeah, because he that forgot, really like, the ridiculous. one little, like, puck of chew that was, like, in the door of his car because he just like, chucked it in I there. could see if it was, like, a case of tobacco yeah. that he left off, but one little can of chewing tobacco. Yeah. Well, that's what it was like. You know, it was just they gave this little free promotional thing, and he didn't use chewing tobacco. So he's like, yeah, whatever. Chucked it in the car of his door and forgot about it. I'm sure if I go look in the uh, glove compartment of my car right now, there's probably a bottle of whiskey in there I don't know about. Yeah, like there's just, you know, little things like that. But we got pulled in one time. I can't remember what it was for. I think they were just being dicks. And I was just sitting there in the parking lot just sort of like yapping away. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. You dropped out of college and, you know, your big guy working at the border, <laughs> like, just running my mouth because that's what I do. And my husband's like, shut up. They're going to rip our car apart. I'm like, oh, look at me. I work at the border. I couldn't make it as a real cop. And he's, like, flipping out. He's like, shut up. Oh, God, like, that's they've, funny. they've done that to people. They'll, like, literally take your car apart. They'll take, like, the seats out and everything. And then they'll just, like, throw you a screwdriver and be like, all right, put it back together. See ya. Like, oh, that's some that's some like Gestapo stuff yeah. right there. We've seen people where they've come back in like their RV and they've had like the whole RV ripped apart in the parking lot, like everything ripped right out of it. Like they'll just take it right down to the nuts and bolts and be like, "All right, you're good to go. Put it back together." Kind of like see ya. <laughs> that that doesn't seem right to me at all. Yeah, they're just dicks at our border here. Yeah, and it's the Canadian ones that are worse than the American ones. It's always coming mm. back. That's like worse than going to the states. I wonder. There, there must be a reason for that. I don't know. Like we've crossed, um, like in Fort Francis, where our friends live, is about three hours west of here, and they're right on the border with International Falls, and like literally, like they're right on the border. You drive across a bridge and you're in the states, kind of thing. And that border is like super easy to go back and forth. Like people live in one place and like work in the other in the States and everything. And they have like speed passes and stuff. And it's, you know, super nice going across. But the one, our border, they're just like, nope, sorry. We're dicks to everybody. Hmm. That's weird. It's crazy. I know when it's we actually- went to uh, Chicago, we had to go through like customs for like two hours. That was insane. Oh, they're probably looking for guns. Yeah. It was just like brutal because we'd never flown into the states before we like when we went to vegas and stuff we drive to duluth and then fly from duluth because it was cheaper but when we went to anaheim we flew from 
Canada. It was like a crazy day. It was we flew from here to Minneapolis to Chicago to Anaheim. <laughs> Yeah, well, we looked at going, because, um, you know, Corner Gas filmed in a little town in Saskatchewan called Rollo. Yeah. And at one point, somebody took over the gas station location as a souvenir store. Oh, yeah. And, and we were we were talking about going, just going, just to see it, you know. Mm-hmm. But we we figured it out. It was going to be, we had to drive, we had to drive further to a further airport than I would have liked. Yeah. And then you fly to Regina, and then it's still like six-hour drive. <laughs> yeah. And it was like $1,200 a ticket. And I'm like, yep. that is just ridiculous. Yeah. When we when we flew to Anaheim for BlizzCon, it was about maybe about eight eight to $900 a ticket for wow. like all the hops. Whereas like, it's funny because if you, like there was a cheap flight that always flew from Duluth to Vegas. And like, so we drive three hours to Duluth and then fly to Vegas from there. And it was like maybe like $200 to fly. Yeah. It's like... It's when you cross. So, like, you'd probably be better off flying as far north as you could to the border and then just driving into Canada. Yeah, that's kind of what it looked like. It looked like if you, you know, flew to Minnesota or something mm-hmm. and drove, it'd be cheaper. Yeah, it would be. It's like, yeah. like, it's the same with us. You know, if we drive into the States and then fly, it's, like, so much cheaper. When we went to Anaheim, we flew, actually, we flew into John Wayne Airport in Orange County rather than LAX because it ended up being cheaper. Oh, sure. And closer. But it was yeah. so funny because they're like, the pilot's like, oh, sorry, you know, it's a really small airport. And it's like eight times the size of the airport in Thunder Bay. <laughs> like we have like one terminal and like two ramps for planes kind of thing. And this guy's like, oh, yeah, it's just a small little tiny airport. <laughs> it's like huge to us. Yeah. Well, if, have you ever been to the one in Denver? No. Oh, it's like an underground city complex. It looks like something scientists built after a nuclear war. <laughs> It is just, I got lost there one time. And just, like, I almost just sat on the floor and cried because I'm like, it's so big, I can't find my <laughs> way around. The one in Vegas is pretty bad. We only made it through that one because we just followed everyone else who got off the plane. Everyone and just, just hope, kind yeah. of like herded together and went. Just hope they're going the same place you are. Yeah. Well, that one, to get to your luggage, you have to take like a train. Oh, yeah. There's a lot so. of them here. Um, actually, the one in Seattle, I think you have to. The one in Portland, you have to. The one in Seattle, you definitely have to. Portland, I can't remember. Sacramento to get from the gate to your from the check into your gate, you have to take a train. Oh wow! Yeah, like I said, our airport here is it's two floors. The top floor is kind of like where you go to like either get on or off the plane, and the main floor is just for like luggage basically and like checking in. And there's like I think there's maybe three gates at the top, so one security and three gates, and that's about it. But it's an international yeah. airport. <laughs> How hard is it for you guys to get through security in Canada? Do you have to take your shoes off and all that? Um, we don't. The one here just like just got an X, like the full body X ray put in maybe about three years ago, I think. Okay. Um, at our airport, but otherwise, like, I don't. Th- well, you might have to take your shoes off. I can't remember, but it's not as bad in the states. Like it's you know a lot a hell of a lot easier to go through. Yeah. You don't need to like be there, you know, three hours ahead of time or anything. Yeah, well, that's yeah. You got to get there early, and then like I always wear no belt, slip on shoes, yep. no change or nothing in my pockets. Yeah, exactly. Keys are in my luggage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we've had to go through that a few times, and then because we left, I can't remember. I think we were going to it was the Minneapolis airport. I think once we went outside and came back in, and we had to go through security again, and it was hell. And here it's kind of like our airport's a little bit different. We're like. 
usually most of the ones we've been to in the States are the bigger ones. You kind of know, like, okay, you go through and get through security, and then you can kind of hang out, and there's, like, shops and food and whatever. Oh, yeah. Ours here, there's, like, literally, like, a little tiny coffee kiosk, and that's it on the other side of security. So, it's like, you get the restaurant and the bar and, like, the actual real Tim Hortons <laughs> are before <laughs> security. You go through security, oh, it's literally like, like someone had, like, a street cart selling coffee and that's yeah, all there is what what usually happens to me i'm not gonna you know i'm not saying i drink a lot of alcohol but usually after i get to the airport get past security i go sit at a bar till my flight gets in yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> well that's kind I, of I, like what we do you know we'd kind of be like okay we need to book it through security and then we could kind of relax and have something to eat some have something yeah. to drink like whatever but it's like here, well, in our airport in Thunder Bay, you kind of like have to do all that first and then go through security or you're screwed. That made me nutty. I yep. just be like all, all climbing up the walls. Yeah. You can't even like the shop and everything are like before security too. So you can't yeah. even like buy anything after security. Oh, that's terrible. You know, years ago, my wife and I quit smoking a number of years back and I used to fly a lot more frequently throughout the year. And when you get to some of these airports and go to their smoking sections and they were just disgusting. Yeah. There was one that was just a plexiglass cube with like 500 <laughs> smokers in it. And then there was another one. I think it was Denver where you could smoke at the bar, but there was a two drink minimum as soon as you walked through the door. <laughs> and like literally you got hit with the smoke so heavy when you walked in, you're kind of like, well, maybe I don't even need to light one now. It might be okay. <laughs> I used to just, oh, that was disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, the the Vegas airports like that. There was like one little plexiglass cube to smoke in, and like they had, it was full of slot machines too, because it's Vegas. So like, that's all it was was just this cube of like people smoking and playing slot machines. Oh, so like a casino. Yeah, like a little mini yeah. one. Everywhere in Vegas is like a little casino. Yeah, that's that's the one thing is we go to Reno once a year, and um, well, we used to go to Reno once a year, but. When we get there and you sit at the bar and start playing like one of the the games, that's when the cigarette Jones would hit me because I'm like, now I want a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, it was strange. Like when we were, well, when we were in Vegas and people still smoked, and like in Canada they banned like smoking in bars and everything like years ago, but in Vegas it's just like, yeah, whatever. So you just like light up in your hotel and walk through the casino and then walk out onto the strip and then walk back into like another one and like don't oh, yeah. even have to worry about it. It was very strange for us. Yeah, well, you know, we're from California and it's been like that for us since the 90s. Yeah. Smoking <laughs> in bars and actually in Santa Cruz when we lived there, they passed a law where you couldn't smoke on the street. Oh, wow. So you like literally had to smoke like in your car or in your house. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, here it's... You can't smoke in like anywhere inside, and then like like workplaces had to put up these little like smoking huts, but they can only be three sided. It can't be like fully walled off. And then I think they just passed it for like public parks, maybe that you can't smoke, which is ridiculous because it's outside. <laughs> like I don't understand you bad smoking outside, and then you can't smoke in your vehicle if there's a child in it. I mean, that makes sense, but it's just, yeah, you know. I think that one's fair. Cause like my dad didn't smoke, but his mom smoked so heavy. I'm sure he's going to get lung cancer in his seventies. Yeah. Like know? that. I mean, that's just more like common sense kind of thing, yeah. but it's like, you know, they're waiting for you to be like, Oh, you can't smoke in your house. Kind of like getting to that point here. You know, let me ask you. So you're an ex smoker, right? Yeah. How would you feel about just a full on cigarette smoking ban? I, I feel like, okay. So they're, if they're going to ban cigarettes, then you should ban alcohol too. Okay. Like, I mean, I don't think it's fair. I think most smokers, I've never met ones that are like disrespectful and like blowing smoke in your face. And like most at this point don't have a problem going outside. 
mm-hmm. you know, to smoke or whatever. Like I, I'd be like, you know, if you're going to do that, then you should ban alcohol too. Cause smoking is an addiction. And oh, there actually, is. it's the only addiction that there isn't treatment for. You can't go to rehab for smoking. No, you cannot. You know, Matter of fact, the only thing the only thing that anybody I know that's ever quit was shamed into it, which as yeah. I understand it isn't a good way to handle addiction. No, and like even here, like, you know, I had an easier time quitting than my husband and I just kinda of woke up on it, like, I'm gonna quit and I just quit cold turkey. Yeah. But with him, like he switched to vaping <laughs> 'cause I was like just picking up here with the nicotine vaping and everything, but he even went to like you know there's like counseling you can there's counseling you could go to at the health like there's a public health unit here and they'll like you know you could talk to an addiction counselor and stuff but it's weird that like even he was saying like he wishes there was rehab for it he could go somewhere for a week you know where they wouldn't let him smoke get out of his system and it'd be done but it's like you know if you smoke crack you can go to rehab for that well not in the states <laughs> well that's um here there's like public funded rehab for pretty well much i was gonna say you, you guys you guys had tommy douglas we haven't had one of those yeah yet. yeah <laughs> so like you know even if you're an alcoholic you can go to rehab for that but you can't go to rehab for smoking which is more yeah. addictive than alcohol and everything else like it's bizarre and it's like yeah. you said too they almost like shame you into it Oh yeah. Well, you know what happened to me was my doctor looked at me and goes, "You're going to be 40 in a few years," and he goes, "And your fucking wheels are going to fall off." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh gosh, doc." And he goes, "So he goes, what was he? he goes? You need to you need to cut back the drinking and the smoking." I told him, "I said you can have one." And he goes, "Quit smoking." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. And then there's like the whole debate with like the vaping stuff too now, like whether or not it's worse than smoking cigarettes or if it's you know better and all that. I'm like. It's probably better because there's a lot less cancer-causing materials in it. You're not burning anything, so I have to figure that's better. Yeah, and, like, the chemicals that are in it are mainly just, like, nicotine and, like, other, like, less, like, cancer-causing stuff, so. As long as they're labeled correctly. I mean, a lot of them are shipping from China, and it just turned out they were shipping poisonous baby food for 10 years, you know? Yeah, well, and, like, in Canada, too, we have, like, a lot stricter regulations. Like, I think they just brought the nicotine ones in maybe about two years ago okay. whereas like in the states they had the nicotine ones for a long time here you couldn't get the liquid with nicotine in until like a couple of years ago well yeah because we kind of do things backwards you can sell something until it's proven to be harmful yeah <laughs> anywhere in the commonwealth that you know like canada belongs yeah. to you have to prove something's not harmful before you can sell it yeah exactly well it's the same with even like the what is it the proactive acne Mm-hmm. stuff like for a long time you couldn't get that in canada and like just like in the last maybe five years you've been able to get it in canada now yeah well that's i to me that makes much more sense you know it's yeah just, <laughs> prove to me that it's not going to kill us then i'll then we'll talk about you selling it here well and it's funny too because like it doesn't really stop people we just go across the border wow. and buy it <laughs> well that's that's why you get your car torn up every time you come back <laughs> yeah exactly like do you have acne medication in there? <laughs> I don't know your face looked a lot less or a lot less zitty than when you went across the border. Uh, they're not very red around the face there. Yeah. We're gonna have to tear your back seat out. Now. <laughs> exactly, you've got something in here, Americans. <laughs> I think it's like growing up like right on the border, or it's a lot of like prejudice in our, in our culture well, and in our I'm, town I'm at sure. least where it's like ah oh, fucking americans well you know i remember i don't i don't know if you saw this i don't know if you ever watched pro wrestling at all yeah but there was even a period in the 90s where uh bret hart 
ran an anti-American pro-Canadian <laughs> wrestling group. You know, and I'm like, you know, guys, you realize we fought the Nazis together, right? No, America. Yeah, I just it never made a lot of sense to me to like create animosity between American and Canadians because we're actually quite a bit alike. Yeah, you know? I think it's like a lot of it comes from like us being like very Americanized mm-hmm. because like. 90% of our TV is American and like most of our culture is American and we've got like half of your, you know, measuring system. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have well, like the good stuff of America. <laughs> well, it's our proximity, but yeah, like you were saying, you know, a lot of Canadian a lot of Canadians live within a couple hour drive of the American yeah. And so you're going to be in American TV markets. Mhm. Um, so yeah, you're going to have that cross cultural back and forth, but I mean, look, proximity wise, we're right next to each other. Yep. Our accents are closer to each other's than they are to England. Yep. Um, even though in England you get into really weird, like every two blocks has its own accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the Nova Scotians and the Newfies in Newfoundland have, I don't count accents. that as English. I don't count that as English necessarily. <laughs> They have their own accents. It's, there's a lot of Germanic influence in that Nova Scotia. Yeah. yeah. Newfies are our rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> we call uh, them Newfies and they're our rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let everybody know a little secret. My wife and I are, you know the show Big Brother? Yep. We are junkies for the American, the Canadian, and the UK version. See, I'm not a fan of the Canadian one. I've I've loved the American one. I've watched it since the first season, which mm-hmm. not many people have. <laughs> Most people started the second season when they changed formats. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, no, because it was it was like the uh, European version the first yeah. season, which didn't catch on. Yeah, where like you know people actually like vote like the viewers voted who they wanted out and everything. Yeah. Um. So I've watched since then. I've never missed a season of it. And then when the Canadian one started, I'm like, oh, it's going to be awesome. But it's like. I can't stand the host. She drives me nuts. I'd rather deal with Chenbot than the <laughs> the oh, Canadian sure. host. And the like, rest of Cox. yeah. But the yeah. the thing that like I kind of like better about the Canadian one is they have better challenges. The like the people are dumb, <laughs> but the challenges are like they have better prizes and they just seem to have like better actually challenges for people and like the format of it. I think is better the f- than the American. The format. One. The format seems funner. I don't understand why everybody's so damn mean to Marshall the Moose. Yeah, that's just weird. Yeah, I don't. There's get like it. weird little things like that. Yeah, but um, it seems to me, I, I don't know. It seems like they get like the Canadian version. They get attractive, but very simple people. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody on the show is good looking. You yeah, know? but they're all very simple about it. Yeah, exactly. And then actually yeah. this season we started watching because there was a chick from Thunder Bay, but she was the first one voted out. Oh, who was that? Um, I can't remember her name, but she was, was like literally the first one voted out this season. Yeah, because we're all, right now I'm pulling for Joel. Okay. Yeah, we stopped watching. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're, you're not missing a whole lot. <laughs> but the really? American one, I've watched every season of that. Yeah. Totally a Dr. Will fan. Well, see, we got – what it was uh, – Oh, Dick uh, Dick Donato. Yeah. That was the one. I mean, we had watched it here and there before, but the season with Dick Donato and his daughter on it. Yeah. We, we were hooked. And, you know, it's a, there's that thing that happened here in the States back in the 60s where Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald on live TV. Yep. And that's kind of what happened to us. It's like, holy shit, we saw that happen. Now we can't look away. Yeah. When he, like, dumped the iced tea on Jen's head, and it's just like, what is yeah. going on? Yeah. That was just outstanding television. Yeah. 
And, you know, there's that thing. People make fun of me. Like, you're a voyeur. I'm like, yes, but only when this show is on. The rest yeah. of the time, I can give a shit. Well, and it's funny because, like, they bo- that and Survivor started around the same time. And I yes. kind of, like, I've never really got into Survivor. But every year Big Brother's on, I'm like, yeah, Big Brother's on this year. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've just see- never been into Survivor or other reality shows, really. Yeah, us either. For some reason, that one, and I think it all dates back to the Dick Donato thing. But you know, we gotta we gotta jump through hoops. We have to have a VPN to watch Canadian yeah. or British television, and yeah, yeah, we so. have to do that with American stuff. Like, actually, in Netflix just started cracking down, which I gotta find a way around. We we've, we've been paying for an American DNS. It's like four bucks a month or something. Oh, sure. So we can get a American Netflix and Hulu, but. Netflix started cracking down on the VPNs and the other DNSs and we're like, oh, whatever, you know, it, it should be fine. But then we were trying to watch American Netflix. And I'm like, how come half the stuff's not playing? And the only stuff that would play is the stuff that was on the Canadian one, too. Yeah. So now I got to sit there and try and figure that out to weasel back into American that? Netflix. I mean, Hulu yeah. still works, but otherwise yeah. I just download everything. And then we get like hate emails now when we download stuff because they just put in some new like thing in Canada where it used to be, I guess, like if you downloaded like Game of Thrones, HBO mm-hmm. would send like hate emails to the internet service provider and be like, you know, stop stealing. And like, they just kind of never did anything with it. But now they passed some law where like the, the ISPs have to send those emails on to the customers. So every time I download Game of Thrones, I get hate emails from HBO. It's like, stop doing it. Yeah. But like, there's no consequences because they can't do anything in Canada. Well, that's they've got the same thing here. Uh, where um, I mean, not that I've ever gotten a "please stop stealing our TV show." Now this <laughs> they they can what they do is they write to your IPS. Your IPS writes to you and basically yeah. tells you, "We know that you watched, you know, that you downloaded, you know, the Americans yesterday yeah. at this time." And they have they can throttle your internet speed. Your ISP can throttle your internet speed. But I'm thinking, you know, once you've done that two or three times and you lose 50,000 customers, yeah, you may not want to do that. So I think when it push comes to shove, there are going to be no teeth to those laws. Yeah. See, like, we're lucky with ours because they're just like, yeah, whatever. They don't give a shit. And, like, we don't have cap, like, our company, like, we don't have caps on our data or, like, how much internet or any of that. So we just have, like, unlimited internet all the time at whatever the speed is and... We just basically, they just send the emails where it's just like, stop. And I'm like, yep, delete. Sorry, I'm going to keep doing it. And I downloaded, uh, we were try- on, I think it was on, we are having a hard time watching Hulu because sometimes it's like really buggy on our TV. And it's an older smart TV, so the app mm-hmm. doesn't always work very well. So I we were watching South Park. I'm like, oh, I'm going to download a couple of seasons because they just weren't working well on the TV. And they sent me an email for like every single episode in the season. <laughs> so there was like 40 emails. And I'm like, yep, select all, delete. Bye. <laughs> it's the same with music. I'm like, I'm not going to pay for stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I just, um, you know, with Prince dying. Yeah. I went and I like one day I'm, I, I'm, I'm a plumbing salesman. That's my day to day. How I make a living is I go from contractor to contractor, you know, so I'm sitting waiting for a guy to show up, and I'm sitting in my car, and I must have bought 30 Prince songs back-to-back. Just like, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel a little guilty, so we're just going to go ahead and buy some of these. Yeah. See, like, I haven't bought a CD in probably, I don't even know how long, and I don't pay for, like, iTunes or anything. I just sit there and download. I will spend, like, a week trying to find one song to download for free rather than go buy it on iTunes. 
<laughs> All I well, do is steal everything. <laughs> that's that's dedication, though. You know, yep. that's that's how you have to look at that. I don't pay for music. I don't pay for movies. I don't pay for software. <laughs> that's funny stuff. Well, I'm not going to pay like a thousand dollars for like Adobe Creative Suite. No, some of the, <laughs> some of the things being charged now are a little ridiculous. Well, Adobe's always been expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I I can I can certainly see arguments be made either way, you know. Well, and like the whole thing with American Netflix and all that too. I mean, maybe if the Canadian got like better stuff, like the Canadian Netflix has maybe twenty percent of what's on the American Netflix. Like it's just terrible. So that's why everyone steals it. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm sure that's a huge problem. Actually, if it's if the disparity is that wide, I'm sure everybody figures a way around it yeah. or as much as they can yeah well that's why like netflix is cracking down on the vpns and everything because they're like oh you know you're not supposed to be using it to steal it or you know to like you're not supposed to be using the the vpns to like watch american stuff it's supposed to be like oh you know if you're in like another country like if you're an american in canada you can use the VPN to get, like, your American service. I guess that's what it's supposed to be for. Yeah, that's the idea. But it's like, no, it's not what everyone uses it for. Everyone uses it to steal it. <laughs> that's what our, our friends that uh, were, the wife is from Scotland, her parents pay for them to have a, a BBC or a British VPN. Yeah. So, you know, because I'm sure, you know, if you're in, you know, you're in Scotland, your grandkids are in America, you're going to want them to be exposed to your culture as much as just the mass consumerism of America. Yeah. Especially, you know, I imagine you want them to have your accent too, as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the kids watch a lot of British children's programming, which is awful by the way. Yeah. See, we're lucky here because being part of the Commonwealth, we get like tons of British stuff. Like I was, yeah. I was brought up on British television. My parents loved it all. And it kind of like led to my obsession with the UK. So I'm used to all the British stuff and we get it. I don't think we ever got like actual BBC, but it was all on like CBC and all the Canadian stuff. Oh, sure. Well, you know, I've got, there's a handful of British shows that I love. Even, even some of the terrible ones, like, are you being served? Oh, I like watch that. Like that's basically what raised me was, are you being served? Well, you know, if you go back and you watch some episodes of that now, you're going to like stare at it and go like, this is the most racist thing I've ever seen. And it just blew me away. But black books, I think is a brilliant show. Um, spaced. I could probably watch space forever. Yeah. Yeah. Young ones is one of my favorites. Do love the young ones. That was that so was good. on that was on MTV when I was a teenager. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's how I found that one. Yeah, I remember I was trying to find it like maybe about ten ten years ago. I was trying to find it on like DVD or something, and it was all just stupid Region Two, and mm-hmm. I was getting all mad. So I'm like, and then like anything that was in like for North American region, it was like you know four hundred dollars and shit. So yeah. now I'm happy that I can just steal it from the internet. <laughs> yeah. There's one um, my wife loves. It's Australian. We have so much trouble. We had, I've had to buy, I think it's disc by disc to get what we've got. Like we can't even get full box sets. Oh wow! And they're still like, you know, what was it? it was called the Librarians, I think. And it's either, oh yeah, uh, it's Australian or New Zealand. I don't remember which because I can't tell their accents apart. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we've had to assemble it disc by disc instead of box set by box set, and it's been a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. That's frustrating. I hate well, that I'm when, just, like, I can't find full seasons to download a stuff and I have yeah. to do it episode by episode. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad now that, you know, that, that disc region shit is in the past. Yeah. Basically, exactly. if you get a disc now, you can rip it somehow. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That was always, like, so frustrating. 
And it was always like, you know, four times the cost of anything else. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's been fun. We've had a whole cultural exchange. Yes. <laughs> that's how it usually ends up being when I talk to Americans, it seems, because I just harass them about American stuff. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's, you know what? I'm, I'm curious about Canada. And, you know, you had a guy on a while back who was from, the, it sounded like the South. Yeah, he's he was, from Tennessee. <laughs> really condescending is how he came across to me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, this is how other people see Americans. This is it right here. <laughs> You're the reason for it. <laughs> yeah. And somebody just sent me a, a thing this week and it just it scared the shit out of me. It was um the British government, the UK government has sent out a notice saying that the America uh, the America is hostile to LG, LGBT people because of a handful of states that have passed these terrible yeah. bathrooms. And I'm like, the rest of the world is fucking laughing at us. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, you know, it was always this big thing that, like, Canadians laugh about, too, is how when, like, Americans go to Europe and stuff and they sew, like, little Canadian flags on their backpacks. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's easy for Americans to pass off themselves as Canadians because Europeans, you know, can't tell the difference. Right. So they're just like, yeah, I'm from Canada. (laughs) I mean, unless you're, like, from the deep south and have a thick American accent, you know southern accent where you're like hey y'all or something yeah. they'll be able to tell but well see i've got that i'm I'm lucky i'm in california but i've got we're all okies so i've got that midwestern you can't tell where i'm from accent yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for being on and talking about random american canadian stuff well thank you for having me on i do appreciate it and if people want to check out your podcast where can they find you online geekishcast.com so definitely go there, check you out. Got some good stuff. Listen to your commentaries on Corner Gas. <laughs> Follow along. Yep. I found those pretty interesting. It's funny because like I remember a lot of the episodes, so I can just like listen to it at work and be like, I remember this episode. <laughs> well, that's that's you know that was kind of the thing because I was like you know I want people to watch it along, but if you've already seen it, you don't really need to. Yeah. <laughs> but the last the last like two episodes are episodes that my wife and I like so much that we end up just sitting there stupidly quiet while it's going on. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a unique Canadian show, but it's got really good quality to it. So yeah. maybe we can, you can branch it out and spread it to more people. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, because like, none of our friends watch it. And I'm always like, you guys have to watch it. You don't know what you're missing. But Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for being on, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Little Geek Lost. Hope you enjoyed this week's show. You can find me on littlegeeklost.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Geek Life Radio. New episodes come out every Monday. And of course, you can find me on the Men Network at menreal.net.